0: symbol of excellence in sports entertainment the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling
1: podcast production
0: Welcome to another Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, J.P. John Paz. Is part, of course, a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire on the TMPT feed. Each and every week on the Hogan Era Podcast, we're talking about the greatest era in the history of wrestling, the golden era of wrestling. When you talk about some of the great periods of wrestling, they all include the immortal Hulk Hogan, and this may have been the tippy-top of the greatest eras ever a lot of people like i said they call it the golden era they say it's the greatest time ever in wrestling can't disagree at all and of course each and every week here at the hogan Era podcast we've been covering a lot of feuds of the immortal hulk hogan and of course the hogan era if you didn't know already 1984 to 1993 in the wwf sometimes we're we'll talking about things outside of that era or even outside of the wwf concerning hulk hogan in that era but today on this episode we will be focusing in on a a great rivalry not a long one but if you think about it through the annals of time they touched or teamed or feuded basically if you think about the start of it 1985 is when hercules really kind of makes his name in the WWF. november of 85 and he starts really feuding with hogan in october of 86 so Not that long of a time period there as far as them getting the feud, but that was their first match. And really the last match that they're in together is a 20-man battle royal in MSG in 92. But we'll talk about that. But think about that. Six years of history there with um, Hercules and the Hulkster and quite a six-year run in the WWF. Really seven-year run for Hercules. But when you break it down, there's always these other feuds or intermediate feuds, and we always talk about the house shows and how important they were, and you're basically making all your money from the house shows at this period. Like I always talk about in the show, there's no TV rights. There's no Saudi Arabia at this point. I mean, there's, there's international touring to a point, but I mean, right here. And then it's really house shows it's Canada, USA. It's really focusing in on, how they can make a ton of money getting people into the arena and maybe buying some merch or whatever, but there it's really predicated on ticket sales and you had to have, you know, ticket sales. You had to have that money. You had to have that live gate and you had to be making a ton off of it to be able to turn this big profit. So that's why sometimes you'd have Hogan wrestling twice in one day, wrestle the intermission main event, and then he would wrestle the main event in another town somewhere else, take a jet or, or maybe a bus or whatever. He would fly or travel from one place to another. He'd wrestle twice in a day because he's the golden goose and you want to see him have those matchups. Sometimes, obviously, that heel that's with him is traveling with him and they'll main event two markets in one day. That just shows you the power of Hogan and the power of Hulkamania. So, really, here, when you think about it, with Hercules, he's this big, imposing monster. I mean, he just looks like grizzled out of granite. I mean, it's you know, he's he's chiseled out of stone, if you will. I mean, he's just um, I don't know. He's just a freak of nature. He looks amazing. He's got that chain. He just looks like something you would see out of a movie. It's just unbelievable. He's like a, a comic book character comes to life. I know we said a lot, a lot about those guys from the 80s and even Hogan himself. But Hercules really was like a, he's a genetic freak. Just He looked amazing. You could just see like, OK, this guy is not somebody you want to mess with. He just, as soon as you saw him, you knew he was somebody. had that look to him. Very, very cool to kind of see him progress in the WWF so quickly, too, because as soon as you saw him, you're like, okay, I like this guy. He has something about him. I'm really kind of just drawn to him immediately even if you weren't as familiar with him. So when he makes his debut on 11-9, 1985 in the WWF, he defeats the legendary Scott McGee and Landover Maryland. He basically will go through for a while and, and get some wins. He shockingly does getting lost to Lanny Papo on a house show in Quebec very early on in his tenure there, but really any matches that are on TV or any of the big matches he's getting wins like, um, on Prism Network, he's beaten Jose Luis Rivera, on MSG, he's beaten Cousin Jr., he's beaten SG Jones, he's beaten Paul Roma on All-Star Wrestling, so I mean, he's being built up on TV pretty damn well, and there's a match that he's involved in, he doesn't win, but there's a match he's involved in, win. we talked about this before, in Long Island, on the Terry Funk versus Hulk Hogan episode, Terry Funk wins a $75,000 Battle Royal, and he ends up getting a match with the Hulkster, but Hercules is in that match as well out there on Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York. So as you're kind of going through, he's basically staying relatively. I mean, the Lenny Poffo match is kind of a blip on the radar and kind of shocking when when you look at it. Sometimes you job the guy out. And I know this is a Vince thing, and I know a lot of the guys say this, that see how the guy reacts. And I've talked to Arn Anderson about this before. And sometimes you want to see how the guy reacts to a loss. And then, you know, you just keep the push going because it doesn't really hurt him. It's on a house show. They're just kind of testing you and testing the waters. And it seemed like that's what it was with the Lanny Poffo loss. But he does have a loss to Junkyard Dog, who obviously was a huge star in 1986, at the Riverfront Coliseum in Cincinnati, Ohio. But a house show, of course, no one would ever have known about it. When you go to TV and they're on the Prism Network, he's beating Scott McGee. So it's one of those things where you're going to keep the guy very, very strong on TV. Why? because you're building him up as a possible money guy, a possible feud with the immortal Hulk Hogan. And that that is the kind of end-all, be-all and and very important. He wrestles George Wells on 316-1986 from MSG. Mass Square Garden, New York City obviously gets a quick and easy win there. As he goes along, he's winning on All-Star Wrestling. He's getting another win and maybe a little bit of revenge over over Lanny Poffo as he beats him on the Prism Network 330-86 from Philly. Of course, I think a lot of people will remember his big pay-per-view debut, and that would be 4 7 1986. WrestleMania two. What the world is coming to? He was, of course, part of the, I guess you would say, the third rung of it in L.A. in the sports coliseum over the sports arena in Los Angeles, California, as he loses to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. A pretty good match. Match goes about 7 minutes, 30 seconds. But that was kind of his big foray, in, in, into, the, into the mainstream and, and into into the spotlight. Now, he does have some house shows, which is kind of surprising because I know Siva Afi was kind of starting to get a little bit of a push. They were trying to make him into the next superstar, excuse me, Superfly Jimmy Snooker. He was kind of like the next Islander, quote-unquote, that they wanted to give a big push to and see if he could work. He didn't really work with Siva Afi. He kind of was more of a enhancement guy or a low-card or a mid-card mid guy. Snooker, is like a, a, you know all timer charisma through the roof gigantic star and i know what they were going for there i'm trying to replicate that but it didn't quite work but on a few house shows in australia one in new uh, new south wales and one in melbourne siva afi who was big over there in in those in that area got the wins there didn't hurt because nobody really knew about it and then of course when they go back to Landover, maryland pedro morales the legend is still there on 42086 and he beats hercules then there's a, a little min, not a feud, so to speak, but you know just a few matches with Tony Atlas and Hercules as, as they're kind of going at it. Hercules just gets his revenge, though. So when it comes back to the States and when it's on TV, on MSG, Hercules defeated Siva Afi 519, 1986 from MSG. He goes on. He beats a bunch of other guys. It's interesting that he teams up with Terry Gibbs, on a primetime wrestling TV taping very, very randomly. And Terry Gibbs at one point, for some reason, and know it was a job match, but he did get a shot at the WWF title and loses to Hogan. So it's just interesting where you see Terry Gibbs' name pop up and, and him wrestling in these big matches. But the Rougeau brothers defeat Hercules and Gibbs. Gibbs takes the fall in Toronto, Ontario, part of a TV taping. But I just thought that was a weird spot for Hercules. You you know, you're really starting to build him up, starting to maybe develop something with him and Billy Jack Haynes as, as you're kind of building up to WrestleMania 3 eventually. And he's he's... he's got a bit of a feud going with there as they exchange kind of wins back and forth and count out victories. You're just kind of building that up, but you are still in the back of your mind, still building up for Hercules and Hogan, the eventual showdown between those two, because you see money on this guy. You think he's a great heel. He could definitely do some damage on the house show circuit with Hogan. You see that on the poster in your local town and you want to go to that show. There's a big superstars taping match on 826-86. Hercules, Nikolai Volkov, and the Iron Sheik defeat Billy Jack Haynes, Nick Kaniski, and Mario Mancini, and that was in Providence, Rhode Island. I just love to kind of look back and and see a bunch of interesting matches that involve, you know, the the topic of the day. And, of course, this is Hercules. Billy Jack Haynes would defeat Hercules in about six minutes on 828-1986 in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, of course, not a pay per view, but a huge show—the WBF Big Event, which was a just a gigantic show. And Big Billy Jack Haynes gets the win there over the Mighty Hercules. But man, what what a show that was, and what an impressive impressive car, um, crowd you had at the Exhibition Stadium. It is said it's over sixty thousand. There's some reports that it's over seventy four thousand people that attended. Crazy to think that originally the WWF was thinking around 10,000 people or so. They didn't really know how many people they were going to draw. And I'm not saying it's because of Hercules and Billy Jack Haynes, obviously the main event of Hogan versus Paul Ondorf, that was the big draw. And that that's what brought everybody in. And I don't think they've realized how people love that feud and how big time that feud was and how important that feud was. And this was almost like a, a big pay-per-view, um, one of those things where it's like wow i don't think they realized what they had and they just kept selling tickets and selling tickets until it got ballooned over sixty thousand, and like some reports i said even have it reported as like seventy four thousand. but kind of moving on from there um hercules does have some matches where he teams with jimmy jack funk they lose to the bulldogs he's a part of the sam mushnick memorial tournament he loses to jyd there of course that was at the keel auditorium in st louis missouri you know as you're kind of going along it's like okay you got to kind of build him back up. He's got some wins over Pedro Morales on prime time. He beats cousin Luke again. He's having kind of, you know, just not, I would say, this huge winning streak as you're building up the Hulk. But it's nothing that's going to hurt or nothing crazy as well because the first time that they really touch, October 4th, 1986, part of a big house show at the State Fair in Jackson, Mississippi, Hulk Hogan defends his world title and defeats Hercules Hernandez. So then after that, Hercules... And Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik defeat Corpor Kirchner, Lanny Poffo, SD Jones in a wrestling challenge taping, then a superstars taping. He beats SD Jones. He continues his feud with Billy Jack Haynes. He beats excuse me there. He beats Lanny Poffo. He's still wrestling. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and losing there. So it's interesting. It's like they kind of know his place in the card. He's this upper mid Carter. He's probably going to lose to the tippy top guys like the Hogans and like the Steamboats, but he's going to beat Dick Slater and Coco Ware and Salvatore Bellomo and Scott McGee again and 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 uh surprisingly enough Jack Foley, aka Mick Foley, on a wrestling challenge taping, uh Jose Luis Rivera. I mean, he's going to beat, beat a bunch of these guys over and over and over again. But When it comes to time to face the Hulkster, that is kind of the the marquee matchup. And they, I don't know. They kind of didn't do as good of a job of building up Hercules as I kind of remember. I know we had a lot of TV matches, but it's funny looking at results and reading reports and stuff. It's like, man, he may have lost too many matches that he really maybe shouldn't have in, in the lead up. And maybe you keep him away from a guy like Steamboat, who's not going to be able to afford losses or shouldn't be losing, as you're kind of building him up and building up the IC title run and building up his match eventually against Macho Man Randy Savage, but just interesting. But the really big match that I think everybody remembers was Saturday night's main event, 11-15-1986. Of course, this was Saturday night's main event, number eight, and it would air on 11-29-86. 16,000 people in a sellout. In a 9.7 rating. A huge rating here. Hulk Hogan defeats Hercules Fernandez in about seven minutes. LA Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. I think that's the match everybody kind of remembers. Hercules getting his name out there. Anytime you wrestled Hulk, it was huge. Anytime you wrestled him in the main event, it's huge. Anytime you wrestle him on TV, Saturday night's main event, it is enormous. And that was big time for the Hulkster, and big time, obviously, for Hercules. So they have a dark match on one six eighty seven. Hulk Hogan defeats him in seven minutes in Hershey Park. Hogan would defeat him by count in Minnesota. Hogan beats him in New Haven, Connecticut, part of a Superstars taping, but it was the dark match. It was not aired. Of course, they have a Battle Royal in 87, a part of Saturday Night's Main Event number 10-1 by the mighty Hercules. And obviously, everyone remembers Andrew the Giant and Hulk as being in that battle royal, but ended up being won by the Hercules, which kind of sets up a nice little rematch. 3-2, 1987, Hulk Hogan defeats Hercules, Nassau Coliseum, Long Island, New York. Two-on-one handicap match. Hulk Hogan defeats the Heenan family of Bobby Heenan and Hercules in Birmingham, Alabama. These were cool, and they used to do these elimination matches because it was very Survivor Series-esque kind of before Survivor Series was a thing. Billy Jack Haynes, Hulk Hogan, and Rowdy Roddy Piper defeat Adrian Adonis Hercules and Paul Orndorff in about 18 minutes. That was on the Nesson network, of course, in Boston garden in Boston mass. So cool stuff there. I used to love those random ass matches, especially when you throw like Billy Jack team up with Piper team up with Hogan against Adonis Hercules and Orndorff. Like what an awesome match. And one of those matches, like I go back and I want to seek out because you know, it's going to be a good one. Hogan defeats Hercules in Omaha, Nebraska. Hogan defeats Hercules at the Thomas and Mack center in Las Vegas, Nevada, Hogan and Campetera, a very rare team, defeat Andre the Giant and Hercules in South Bend, Indiana. Again, they team up again. Hogan and Campetera on the Prism Network, this time defeating Hercules and King. Harley Race in Philly. That match goes about 11 minutes, 30 seconds. That was on 620, 1987. Then they have a rematch in Louisville, Kentucky. Of course, Hogan and Batera win again. And then when Hercules turns babyface, and then when... You know, as, as you go going through 80, 87, obviously there's WrestleMania 3, him versus Billy Jack Haynes. But when he starts turning faces, we get to the later part of 87 and into 88, just really, really interesting to think like, OK, he's going to sell Bobby Heenan and the Heenan family is going to sell his contract to Ted DiBiase. If you think about it, not I wouldn't throw the slavery word right around there or anything else, but he kind of says slave. He kind of says he's selling him and you got to be thinking like, wow, what, a, what an asshole, what a scumbag. Like Keenan is is just out for the money, and DiBiase thinks he can just buy and sell people. Like wow, really cool storyline. I remember as a kid, just thinking like wow, that's like really what an asshole DiBiase is. Like that's really intense. He's buying and selling people. Like oh, a horrible to think of, and and but really cool of storyline because it really, I mean, it, it tugs at your emotion and tugs at your heartstrings. Like man, you can't do that to a person. Like that's that's just horrible. And I know that's a part of the the history of of the United States, but it's like, whew, man, that's some tough stuff. But as a wrestling storyline in wrestling, that's really, really intense. So you had Hercules eventually will turn babyface, and Hercules and Hulk Hogan defeat Ted DiBiase and Virgil from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina on 10-28-1988. And, of course, a part of Survivor Series, my favorite Survivor Series match, and my favorite Survivor Series team of all time, Hercules, Hillbilly, Jim, Coco Beware, and Hulk Hogan, and Randy Savage, the Mega Powers, defeat Hakeem, a.k.a. akim King Haku, Ted DiBiase, the big boss man, and the Red Rooster. So, of course, Hercules and Hogan are teaming at that point there. But just, man, I love that team. Just like perfect team. Hogan and Savage, the two greatest of all times, with Coco, with Hillbilly, with Hercules, little mix of everything. Undercard, midcard, upper midcard, perfect team, and the perfect way to kind of eliminate guys and have the match flow quite nicely. Of course, they're part of... Royal Rumble 89 together and Royal Rumble 90 together, which of course, 90 was won by Hulk Hogan, 89 was won by Big John Studd. They were a part of when Hercules turns back heel, of course, and he's a part of Power and Glory with Slick, the 1990 Survivor Series match from Hartford. Connecticut at the Hartford Civic Center is the survivor of all survivors match. Three on five handicap match. Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, and Tito Santana defeat Hercules, Paul Romo, Rick Martel, Ted DiBiase, and Warlord. Match goes about nine minutes there. Of course, Hogan, a warrior, are your sole survivors. 91. Hogan wins the Royal Rumble. Hercules is in that match. They have a 20 man battle royal on Saturday night's main event. 29. Mr. Perfect wins that one. Of course, Hercules and Hogan both involved. Royal Rumble, 1992. Knickerbock Arena, Albany, New York. Ric Flair wins the Vacant WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Hogan and Hercules, of course, both in that match. And finally, the last match they were in together, Sid Justice was a 20-man battle royal at MSG in New York City. And that was kind of the the last touching, if you will, of Hercules and Hogan in the WWF. And really, kind of the the feud itself really ended in 1987. So basically, 86 and 87, they feuded on a bunch of house shows, and they had a very, very big match on Saturday night's main event, I think everybody remembers. Now Hercules then leaving the WWF, he would leave in 1992. 22392 is his second to last match. I think a lot of people remember it being his last because of the way he walks out. But Sid Justice to be Hercules in about 25 seconds from MSG. And if you've ever seen this match on the master Square Garden Network, you know that Hercules does everything he can to kind of protect his neck and protect his head during that match and he takes a very gingerly or ginger i guess you could say power bomb and uh, he lands very gingerly doesn't get injured and he immediately gets up after one through three and walks out basically no selling it and surprisingly enough that's not his last match he has one last match the next night in Worcester, mass berserker defeats hercules in about nine minutes and that is his exit from the company I guess he didn't want to take that powerbomb from shit. I actually was thinking, okay, he took the powerbomb and left, and he's gone. But he did honor his commitment. He did one more match, loses the Berserker, and he's gone right after that. Of course, Herc died in, in 2004 from some heart disease. Gone way too soon, was way, way, way too young. But uh, he definitely one of those guys where he was. everybody remembers who he is. He had the LJN. He was a part of the Hogan era. He was part of the Golden Ever of Wrestling. Everybody loved him and remembered him and think about him very, very fondly. Pretty good worker. Definitely one of those great upper mid-card guys I and mean, one of those great guys that can kind of come and go and feud with Hogan on house shows and people would buy it as the main event and he, him have a name and him have a great look and him be this behemoth. I know his short is probably around 6'2", but he's probably about 280. I mean, he was just jacked to the nines and was a good, believable opponent for the Hulkster, especially on Saturday night's main event and the house shows. And of course, like I mentioned, I loved him teaming with the Hulkster as well. Great, great tag team. Underrated, undervalued, underappreciated, power and glory. So Hercules and Hogan, just another great um, part of really what is the Hogan era. Another one of those kind of under the radar Hogan feuds during this era. Just so cool. And you'll see on the picture of, of the episodes, a great picture of Hercules doing the torture act to Hogan. He gets him up quite easily so great stuff there but let's head towards the plugs you follow me on twitter and instagram at you trip check out the website tmpt empire.com of course patreon patreon.com slash tmpt empire great stuff if you haven't already check out my interview with the immortal hulk hogan great stuff it's on the tmpt feed but thank you everybody out there for listening see you right back here next week for a little hogan era podcast we'll see you next week folks brother.
1: What a roar as Hogan points the bad finger at Hercules. Hulk Hogan preparing for I believe what he described as his ultimate title defense. Well, I'll tell you, if he thinks ripping off a t-shirt is going to intimidate Hernandez, he better think again what he's got. Here it comes again, Oh yeah, one more time. And here comes one for you, Jesse. Hey, I don't care about that, McMahon, crowds don't win matches. Hogan's going down. We're back with the World Wrestling Federation, counter-offensive Hulk Hogan, beating challenger Hercules Hernandez. Well, I'll tell you, Hernandez is wasting no time. We're gonna find out right now, McMahon, who the stronger man is. And a test of strength. Look at those two titans colliding in the ring. And Hogan's Wait. going down, he's on a knee. I can't believe it. Look at, he's turning to the referee, he's begging. Champion Hulk Hogan's begging to Hercules, please, he's saying, let me up, Hercules, I'm looking bad. I don't think that's what he's saying or thinking. Right now, Hulk Hogan's trying to make his way right back up to the top. And here he comes. The Hulkster, back up now up high. And it looks like Hercules is going down. I don't know, McMahon. Ooh, brilliant move on the part of Hernandez. Rolled that head right into moves. Hogan's chest. And look at, look at that. Picks him up like a sack of potatoes. Wham into the corner. I think without a doubt, Hernandez has proved he's the stronger man. Maybe, maybe he has, Jesse, thus far, but he's not still young. It's not over yet. Well, it definitely is not over, McMahon. But the big Hercules is going to work with a big series of forearm and elbow. And he's got the champ shaking his head. Hercules hauls him out of there. Throw oh, Hogan out front, reversal, to the buckle, clothesline by the champion. Well, Hogan turned the tide there, a quick move that might just have saved him, McMahon. Right hand, the hogster now, with the momentum. Oh, he may have hurt his hand on that occasion. Hercules, whipped to the rope, Put it up, missed with a clothesline. From the other, and a high knee. Right on the butt of the jaw. Oh, and what's happening now? Now what is the purple Hogan chasing Heenan outside the ring? Bobby Heenan running for his life. Heenan in the ring, and he's heading out of there as fast as he can. And well, look at this—the boot to the face—and the Hulkster once again has the momentum. Hogan has the early momentum right here. Hercules has Sweet got to body. do something. Hercules has to do something to change this. Elbow. Oh, he just missed. And that's exactly what he just did. Now, I've got to say, Jesse, that's an impressive physique, but the wrong move. Why is it Hernandez on Hulk Hogan? That's stupidity. That's not stupidity. He's got the champion crawling on the mat. Hogan's eating canvas out there. Hercules Hernandez in control of the moment sets up the champion, whips it to the far side. And down to the canvas once again, champion Hulk Hogan and Hercules. You know, Hogan looks good on his knees. I've seen him on his knees in two or three occasions now in this match. And he looks good like that. Bobby Eaton, hoping that his investment pays off here tonight on Saturday night's main event. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, that's Dave Hebner refereeing again. Now, he got smashed in the last bout. What is that thick-headed Jack Cunney, president of the World Wrestling Federation, allowing Hebner to come out and referee a title match like this again? It could be because Hebner might even be tougher than you, Jesse. This is ridiculous. How can Hebner, he probably can't even count the three at this point in time. Hebner, of course, disqualified both participants earlier on. He might very well disqualify Hernandez if some of these shenanigans keep up. But keep in mind, the Hulkster has behind him the thousands upon thousands who are in this jam-packed arena rooting for Hulkamania all the way. Well, I'll tell you, McMahon, they can root all they want. There's Hulkamania right there. Wham! Knee right to the mouth. Hercules wants to get in control. Oh, look at that. That's got to be painful. Oh, I'll tell you what. I can, I can feel Hogan's vertebrae cracking and snapping all the way back here. Hernandez, again, sensing victory. Perhaps a bit of overconfidence here, Jesse. Well, I'm not sure about overconfidence. I think he's definitely making a mistake, not staying on Hogan. He's got him hurt. Hernandez now, look, he's trying to get him up in the backbreaker. He has it. He's got him up. He's got him up in the Hercules backbreaker. Perhaps and a new champion just moments from now. Hogan, Hogan. shaking his head. I heard him, McMahon. What? He's saying I quit. He's saying I quit! Hogan's submitting! He's submitting! We've got a new champion of the world, McMahon. I heard it! Wait a minute! Referee Dave Hebner! What? No, sir, the match is not over. McMahon, I hear heard that. the man, I heard You've the man too quit. you got too much of that fake it's, hair down over your ears. It's obvious that Hepner can't hear nothing. He's had his marble scrambled, Hogan quit. Hogan has been the only man to have sustained that tremendous backbreaker applied by Hercules Hernandez. This is an atrocity, McMahon. I heard the man quit, cover him, Hernandez, Let's finish it with a three. We have one, we have two, Hogan kicks ah. out, but with authority, a champion. Feeling the electricity, trying to get, right hand by her, look what's happening. The Hulkster, coming alive. This is robbery, this is total robbery, the man quit. Hernandez is frustrated, and look at champion Hogan coming around. Hulkamania is coming right at Hernandez. I just can't believe the man has gotten up from that backbreaker. Another right hand, another. Hogan interrupts, Ooh, what a right back blow! Off the rope again, and there the elbow crushing into the forehead of Hernandez. Hook Hogan now, with Hernandez to the buckle. I'll take its toll, here's one coming out to, to the buckle again. Hogan unrelenting now, challenger Hernandez. What's the matter with that referee Hebner? He not only destroys the whole match, Hogan's got him by the hair, and Hebner's doing nothing about it. Hernandez brings out to be scrambled, reverse knife edge. The challenger down, the champion, perhaps since victory. Hulk Hogan with Hernandez on his feet, maybe not for long. Whipped to the rope. Big vote to the face. Hogan off the rope, drops the leg, 300 plus pounds, the cover, two, Ah, I don't believe it. You know, I'll tell you something, McMahon. I know exactly what this guy was talking about now. When he says the power lies here in the palm of his hand. It means he's got that referee in the palm of his hand to save his title. Boot to the face, Hogan here, sensing victory. Quickly now, to the rope. The champion setting up that powerful leg drop right across the chest. Hulk Hogan on yeah. victory. World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion, Hulk Hogan. What a victory for the champion, Hulk Hogan. And what an ovation for this extraordinary athlete. Well, you know, McMahon, I'll tell you something. I think it's a real sad case when a referee can determine the outcome of an athletic event. Which is exactly what I'm talking about in the case of this match. I heard Hogan quit and that idiot, incompetent referee Dave Hebner allowed the match to continue. I know what they mean when he says the power lies in the palm of the hand now. He's got referees and Tunney and everybody in his back pocket. There is no way that you could have heard anything because the roar of this crowd is absolutely deafening. It's a celebration of Hulkamania. I'll tell you, McMahon, in NFL football, they've gone to instant replay. Maybe it's time we go to that too. Maybe it's time we find out truthfully if Hogan did concede like I maintain he did. What a physique. My goodness, listen to it. You're ridiculous McMahon because you're totally caught up in Hulkamania. You're the most biased announcer I've ever heard in my life. Look at that physique. Yours would pale by comparison. You have the audacity to refer to yourself as the body. Wait a minute McMahon. It is not me that calls me the body. It's the world that calls me the body. And the world calls Hulk Hogan champion. Yes, indeed. You know what makes me sick, this is wrestling. And this guy's out here like he's in an Atlantic City beauty contest posing away.